When the master returned, his servants revealed what they had done with what they had been given. The two who had invested what he had given to them and uh, earned a profit, should we say, upon them, the master said, well done, good and faithful servants. Come in, come in and share my happiness. Hell, I talked about my grandmother a while ago, my dad's mom. This morning I'm going to tell you about my grandfather, the only one I ever knew, my mom's dad. And while he was still with us, the family would, of course, as is usual, uh, give gifts to Papa on special occasions, Christmas, his birthday, Father's Day, you know the drill. But when he would open a gift... He would always say, thank you. That's just what I wanted or just what I needed. Then he would carefully place it back into the box or the wrappings. And that was often the last time we saw of it. Since he and I were about the same size, when he died, I inherited something like 25 shirts, any number of ties, and three jackets, none of which had been worn or else precious little. And this memory has led me to ask over, over the years, you know, just how can we express our gratitude for the gifts we receive in the most meaningful and appropriate way. How can we say thank you for receiving a gift? And our scripture lesson this morning asked, isn't it to use as it was intended? To use it is to express gratitude. As Rich just read in Matthew 25, not long before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus was preaching in the temple. And in a part of that sermon he preached that day, he compared God's kingdom, as we just heard, to a wealthy business owner who was fixing to go on a long journey. Before he left, this man invested some, if not all, of his resources in three of his most trusted servants. Jesus called those resources talents. And back then, it was uh, an incredible amount of money. Uh, we're told it uh, years and years of what it would take a common laborer to earn. That was the amount of a talent, a substantial amount of money. And of course, upon his return, this man wanted to know what his servants had done with what he had given to them. And of course, we know the rest of the story. Here, just a week and a half before our celebration of the Thanksgiving feast, we are, I think, quite appropriately called to reflect upon what we have upon all that we have been given. And folks, I don't know about you, 
But I think back and I look around me and I am totally blown away, completely flabbergasted by what I have, most of which has been given in one way or another. We've been given this planet on which we live with all of its marvels and mysteries, with all of its wonders and resources. Planet Earth has given us directly or indirectly every single thing we have. Everything we need and a bunch of things that we just won't and not necessarily need. We've been given life with hearts and minds and, and bodies that possess, you know, great potential for productivity, for love and for growth. We have our homes and our families, our friends and our neighbors. We live in a wonderful community. Some of you born here, Mickey and I have adopted it as Statesboro has adopted us. We live in the greatest nation the world had ever, has ever seen, even with its uh, failings and shortcomings. Most of us have, or at least looking out into the congregation here, have had good jobs, Jobs that provide us, uh, have provided us with uh, you know, retirement income. Quite frankly, Mickey and I in retirement, this is crazy, but it's true. In retirement, Mickey and I are making about half again what I ever made in the active ministry. Isn't that crazy? We have adequate clothing and food, <laughs> probably too much, especially on occasions like we will uh, uh, celebrate next Thursday. We're here this morning, those of us uh, you know, gathered here, and I started to say on television, but we're not there. Uh, we've been given faith. And the one who, through whom that faith has been most fully revealed. Jesus the Christ. Furthermore, we've been given an appropriate and meaningful vehicle through which our faith is nurtured and nourished, developed, the church. Not to mention this wonderful, marvelous congregation of which we are blessed to be a part. Yes, we have been given many, many marvelous gifts throughout our lives. So many, in fact, I sometimes wonder if we don't take a bunch of it for granted. So how can we possibly say thank you for all with which we have been blessed, for all with which we have been entrusted? So we turn, as we have done, to the pages of Holy Scripture to find not only in Matthew 25, but in many other places, uh, the answer 
to that profound question. In our story this morning, as Rich just read it, a man who obviously, you know, Jesus was referring, you know, to, he was talking about God. And this man had entrusted all that he had. Think about that. This man was supposed to be God, and he entrusted all he had to the care of these three servants. What was to be done with those resources they had gotten was entirely left to their discretion. In their gratitude, the first two of those servants invested, they used, they risked what they had been given in order to make a return off of their master's investment in them. The third, of course, did not. The Bible says he went off and dug a hole and hid it in the ground. The first two of these servants were highly praised. They were rewarded. But this third servant, whom we might say played it safe, was admonished. Not only that, he lost everything. Everything that he had been given. Now, I realize that investment involves risk. Always has, always will. Yet without risk, no matter what you're talking about, without risk, there is no reward. Let me say that again. I want you to catch it. Without risk, there is no reward. Life involves risk. And without risk, we can never fully live. We can never experience the quality of life that God intended for us to have. That special quality of life I call kingdom living, also involves risk. And in order to share in the rewards and the joys of God's eternal kingdom, yeah, it's here now. It's not there in the end. Well, it's not to say it's not there, but you know what I'm saying. We experience the kingdom right here, right now. And in order to share in its joys, we've got to invest in it here and now by utilizing those gifts, the talents, if you would, with which we have been entrusted. And I believe that there can be no true religion without adventure. And an adventure, by definition, I should think, is a risk. We cannot experience faith without trust. And without trust, there's no reward, no abundant life, no abundant life that Jesus promised without risking, without investing in the kingdom.
You remember that Indiana Jones movie, what, 20 years ago, The Last Crusade? And he was trying to find the chalice, the cup that Jesus used with his disciples on that last supper together. And in search of what some have called the Holy Grail, Indy goes into this dark and mysterious cave. And as he ventures into that cave, he encounters a seemingly impassable chasm, big hole in the ground that he must cross and over which he simply cannot jump. And if you remember the movie, and this to me is the best scene in it, he stood there for a moment contemplating, pondering, and finally he stepped off of the edge. And as he did, when his foot was there in, in seeming nothingness, all of a sudden a stepping stone appeared. And he stepped onto it. And then when he put out his other foot, sure enough, in the same way, another stone appeared. And so on and on he went until he at last made it to that chamber which held that treasure for which he had so long sought. And that, my friends, is about the best earthly explanation of faith that I have ever seen. Tells you exactly what it's all about. In faith, we go forth. We seek the things of God. Uh, we seek God himself. And we often don't know where we're going. 20 years ago, if you'd asked me, I'd wind up in Statesboro, Georgia. I'd ask you, where's Statesboro, Georgia? We often go where we don't really know where we're going, but as we take the journey, the journey of faith, the journey of trust, the journey of risk, as we take those journeys, we discover that someone is right there with us, walking with us, beside us and ahead of us, showing us the way. And that, I think, is, is the story of the parable of the talents. You see, it's not really about money. It's not ability, as we tend to use the word talent today. It's not about what we've earned or what we've been given. It's a story about faithfulness, about trustworthiness, trustworthiness and faith in God, in whom we have been graciously invited to invest day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. For that's the way, that's the way the kingdom comes. You know, one of the things I, I find most awesome about the Bible, and I find a whole lot of things awesome about it, by the way. One of the things I find most often, 
uh, awesome is its timeliness. It's timelessness. And its stories and its teachings are as powerful and as relevant today as when they were first told. They are meaningful to us today as they were to those who first experienced the events or heard uh, like the preachings of Jesus. And Jesus' powerful story about these three servants and their talents reminds us, I think, that the worst thing in life is not losing. As bad as losing may hurt, as frustrating as it may be, it's not the worst thing life has to offer. The worst thing in life is to go through it and get to the end of it and realize we've never really lived. We've never trusted, we've never risked, and therefore we have never experienced the reward. The willingness to risk ourselves, our talents, our treasures, our love is the ultimate act of faith. And so through the story, Jesus was inviting his disciples then and now to realize, to recognize, to utilize those resources that God has so generously provided to us. Because indeed, God invites us, expects us to invest, to take a risk, to live fully. And yes, sometimes even dangerously. Jesus offers to us the fullest of lives by asking us to surrender ourselves in and to and for his kingdom. And we live out our faith and enjoy the fullest of lives by our willingness to trust God and to trust in God. And that, my friends, is what faith is all about. Only in this way can we find life. Only this way can we find that abundant life which Jesus promised. Not just once, but again and again and again. Jesus invites us to live dangerously, to love absolutely, to give generously. That's the only way that we will ever find what life and love and God and faith are all about. It's kind of like what C.S. Lewis said in his work, The Four Loves. He said, the only place outside of heaven where we can be perfectly safe from all of the dangers of life and faith and love. The only place that we can uh, be perfectly safe from those things 
is hell. And my friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. How about you? I didn't think so. <laughs>